You're watching WRKM Channel 22, number one in the region. What's up? The following WRKM broadcast is for mature audiences only. So you know how it is. There's going to be some cursing. There's going to be some spooky stuff because it's the Halloween episode, baby. What are we talking about? We're talking about ghosts. We're talking about demons. We're talking about motherfuckers pretending to be possessed by demons. We're talking about basic bitches using crystals and witchcraft to be interesting. Halloween costumes, candy. It's the Halloween episode. And I'm super excited about it. So let's just get to it, god damn you. Let's have the conversations we can't have when the sun is up. Good evening, I'm Rafael Martinez in this world in darkness. Is that a good vampire voice, Bobby? No? Shaking his head no. He doesn't approve. Fuck Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. Um, what up? What up? It is Halloween weekend, I think. Um, can we call it that even though Halloween's on a Monday this year? Yeah. Pre-Halloween -Hall pre weekend. I don't think a holiday should be discouraged about being on a Monday. Hold on one second. Yeah, make sure I get my cell phone here in case WRKM gives me an emergency call. That does happen from time to time. But I don't think Halloween should feel bad about being on a Monday. It sucks on a Monday because it's more fun on a weekend. You know, lots of parties, big parades, a lot of cool stuff goes on, especially if you're single out in the streets. I know what Halloween is for the singles. A chance to get slutty, and I hope you all get sluttied up. I hope you go out there in your sluttiest costumes, both men and women, or whatever gender you are, and get nailed. I want you to get nailed. <laughs> Is that good advice for Halloween? Um, I don't normally dress up for Halloween, as you can see. I just put on a House of Black shirt from AEW, because it has like, little demons on it, so I'm in the festive area. But, um, hey... I do what I can here. I do what I can. Maybe there's be a pumpkin for the WRKM logo. I don't know. I don't know what's going on at the network anymore. The network just does things, and then they send me little memos to remember. Like, to mention, the Halloween parade for the Bones will be on Sunday. Sunday afternoon? Around sunset, they're saying. They want to do it Saturday they felt they wanted to do it 30th, 31st. So the kids will enjoy that one. But I never really dressed up for Halloween often. You know, I had a few costumes as a kid. You know, 
I dressed up as Darth Maul because I was really into Star Wars Episode One. I was the only person interested in Star Wars Episode One for years, it seems. But now everyone's coming around to the prequels, it seems. Kind of cute, isn't it? How everyone shitted on the prequels for years, but all it took was for the sequel trilogy to be garbage for people to hop back on. Vindicated, baby. Only took about 15, 20 years. Um, I also dressed up as Robin as a kid, but then again, you know, that was always my favorite character, actually. It wasn't Batman, because to me, Batman... Your parents have to die, but Robin will, your parents have to die, but you end up in a good spot though, because you get a millionaire as a stepfather. So it's coming up Dick Grayson, you know what I mean? It's coming up Dick. And I thought that was a pretty solid situation to be in, but I always looked at myself as the eternal student. You know, I never thought I could be Batman. I thought I could be Robin and learn from Batman and maybe someday wear the cowl after he's done and kind of redefine it for myself so as you can see there was a level of insecurity there as a kid but probably still present i don't know you be the judge you've been listening to this um show for what 56 episodes 57 i don't know i've lost count we've done so many hell there's ones that have never aired and will never air quite frankly those are the real horror shows but but listen um, it's Halloween. Um, trick or treating is always dope. Uh, candy's always cool. Um, my favorite candy is the Tootsie Roll. I'm a big Tootsie Roll fan. Skittles, Starburst, Kit Kats, number one. Actually, Tootsie Rolls are out. Kit Kats are number one. King size Kit Kats. Because I, now that I'm you know a bit big, I need more than just a traditional four piece. I'm gonna need. A king-sized. And every now and then my girlfriend gets me a little king-sized Kit Kat. Maybe she's keeping me fat for a reason. You know, she doesn't want me going out there. Because she knows if I lose too much weight, I'll be too pretty. But I'm not going anywhere because she's way too pretty. Uh, I'm just not going to get any better than her, quite frankly. But I lucked out. Talk about boxing outside your weight class. I certainly did. Um, But hey, um, the king-sized Kit Kat always works. It's always a good little treat. I've always enjoyed it. Um, have I gotten drunk on Halloween as I was an adult? Sure. I went to the parade. I, too, you know, hung out, went to Halloween parties, had some questionable, horrific hookups. That happens for a lot of you youngins out there. Some of you are in your 20s. You will experience that. Um, you will find that there are some weird people you will meet on Halloween. You know, sometimes people dress as they would like to be. Like I met a nurse one time or an aspiring nurse who was dressed as a slutty nurse. She never became a nurse, but at least for one night she could dream. Um, it happens. It happens. Um, people who dress up like bumblebees are always weird because I never understand the whole being a bug aspect of costumes. Cause I never want to be a bug. You know, there's always that popular question that women ask. Would you love me if I was still a worm? I always answer no. I would get rid of you because I find bugs annoying. Is that wrong? The reason why I answer those questions like that is because I feel those are love affirming questions. And they're they're illogical. You know, if you're a worm, what am I going to do with that? Then she asked me recently, well, if we were both worms, I said I'd kill myself because I don't want to be a worm. I would try to slither my way and find a hawk that would take me because the life of a worm sounds horrible. So, yeah, don't do bug costumes this year. If you're doing that, you're a weirdo. 
popular costumes this year? I mean, someone's going to be Trump. They shouldn't be. You know, this is the midterm elections. Find a new villain, you know? I don't think there are any big villains this time. I mean, Herschel Walker seems to be a villain these days. Maybe you can pull a Stacey Abrams, but you don't want to do blackface now. And I know some of you out there need to be reminded, do not do blackface. Not cool. It is not cool. No matter what your intention is, no matter who you're trying to be, you're better off not doing blackface. Do not do it. Tips for Halloween. Do not do it. Blackface is very problematic you know cultural appropriation i listen i kind of don't care if you want to be a white person just as a native american fine by me just don't paint your skin brown i think halloween should be the one night for cultural appropriation if you ask me i would love for someone to dress up as a puerto rican eh, that'd be a pretty much a difficult one to do maybe they have a baseball jersey on typically a yankees jersey and a summons for court because you haven't paid child support so that'd be a great Puerto Rican costume if you can make one happen I can say that I'm Puerto Rican I have to remind people I'm Puerto Rican sometimes because they go I'm light I'm a white Tino well I am 60% Spaniard according to 23 and me and that does not take away from my other percent of being Taino which I think is about 16% right now and I got what 17% African I'm more African than Taino should I be able to dress up as Black Panther I don't know a little problematic, I think, if I did that, but I would love to because um, he is one of my favorite heroes, uh, mainly from like, you know, I never read all of his comics. I'll always be the first to admit that. But the ones I did read and the crossovers he was always in, he was always dope. Can't wait for the movie, but I couldn't be Black Panther for Halloween. I'm not in the wheelhouse for that. Um, I did do the Mad Hatter as a reporter one year. And ran around with a microphone asking people very provocative questions. And people answer just about anything when they're drunk and high in New York. And too bad I didn't record any of that. Because that would have gone right here. And that would have been a nice archival piece to play. But I wasn't thinking about this podcast back then. I wasn't thinking about much back then other than getting chicks. Um, and yeah, that night didn't end well. So, go figure. Um, I am interested... In all the different kinds of costumes. I think one year I would like to pull off a really big costume. I tried to get my friends to do the Mushroom Kingdom one year. And they all bailed last minute. I was seconds away from buying a Waluigi costume. Yeah, I was going to take one for the team and be Waluigi now. But no, uh, everyone decided to do something else. I was Ric Flair for one Halloween. Uh, maybe we'll throw a picture up of that. And you know what? That's what I'll do. I'll find that video and we'll put that video up right here. All right, say you the, the world's heavyweight champion, the National Wrestling Alliance, wants to wish you a woo tastic Halloween to you and yours. Woo! I'm going crazy. Okay, we're back. Um, I think. I hope I remember to put that video in and in, in post. If I don't, it's going to be real embarrassing if we didn't. But don't worry, for the audio listenership, you will be able to hear my Ric Flair impression. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But what I will be wearing in the video, in case you haven't seen it, or you're listening to us audio, will be a suit without a tie. The WCW Championship that I have, that's been on this show before, and a blonde wig. And I cut a promo. 
as Ric Flair. It's an easy go-to costume. You'll All you need is nice clothes, the championship belt, and a blonde wig. You can't go wrong. Everyone likes to go with 80s flair. I went with deranged 90s flair, who was just getting naked in WCW randomly for promos. Very confusing, but a great time. But yeah, Halloween to me, you know, it all depends. You know, I, I, I would like to do one great costume someday. And my girlfriend always tries to get us to do a couple costumes. And I, I don't know. You know, I, I always find those people to be corny, you know, doing couple costumes. And I, I know it's messed up. You know, I, I know you should, you know, want to do those things as part of relationship bonding. You know, maybe next year we'll do something. I kind of feel bad now thinking about that I didn't do it. And I, maybe next year I'll do it. Don't hold me to that. And she, I'm telling you, she's going to bring this up next year going, well, on the show you said you'd do it. And that's going to be a problem. You know, she's going she's gonna to go, well, are you going to lie to your listenership? And I told her, wouldn't be the first time. Now you're all wondering, when have I lied? Guess what? You're never going to know because I'll never reveal. And if you do figure it out, Good on you. You're a real fucking Sherlock Holmes, which is a good um, Halloween costume when you think about it. If I wanted to be political, I would do like a conservative Sherlock Holmes looking for those Trumps for vote. Um, looking for those Trumps for looking for those votes for Trump in Georgia, even though he lost. Deal with it. That's how elections work. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. You got to know when to fold, know when to hold them, know when to walk away. Know when to run, but count every vote. That's where I stand. Wow. See how I can switch that to politics, Bobby? I'm good at this shit, I think. But Halloween, you know, it's a time for watching scary movies, a time where things seem a little off. You know, there's always a little spookiness in the air. And I, I don't know if California experiences that. My California listenership, let us know. You're one of our top, you know, markets. Our Texas listenership, let us know if it's like that. I feel it's a little different in the West. But when you're in the Northeast, when the leaves start to fall and the sun sets a little earlier and it gets darker, there's something mysterious about it, something really spooky about it. The fog starts to come in more. The wind starts to blow. And you're always concerned. What was that, my friends? That was my heater, baby. The heater of the studio has decided to rock on. But who knows how long that will last. Let's hope not for long. But we all know that the spooky times arrive in the Northeast and it's time to get to serious business. You got to get home early because the hobos, they start operating a little early. It's like 30 days of night almost. Once it starts to get darker, the hobos are out in force. During the summertime, they can't stand the sun or the heat, so they try to find underground areas. You know, Stan Lee knew that. That's why he made the Mole Man the Fantastic Four villain because Stan Lee hated poor people. But that's what happens in the winter or the fall. Like the, like the video Thriller. The hobos come out the subways like, dun, 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 you know, and they start to harass you nonstop. And liberals pretend they don't exist and that crime isn't rising. But hey, that's part of the New York experience. That's part of Northeast experience. But as the leaves fall 
it gets a little spooky, man. I grew up in the projects. It was the same exact thing. You'd have certain trees that would lose their leaves a little early and you'd be a little freaked out by it. You know, the colors start to change and there's just something off about those orange colors, those yellow leaves, the dying leaves as you get ready for winter. It's letting you know the end is coming. It's kind of like the... Ooh, excuse me. It's kind of like the movie Midsummer. Which, if you haven't seen, watch it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. If you have watched it, you now know something very vital about me. I view that movie as a victory based on the ending. Now, if you now if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. We'll probably be doing a, a Cinema in the Darkness kind of spinoff soon, where I just talk about movies. And Midsummer will probably be one of the first episodes. But if you have seen Midsummer, you kind of know what kind of time I'm on. But in Midsummer, a non-spoiler thing is how they view a life cycle, you know. And the fall is when you're like in your 30s and 40s, you know what I mean? You're of working age. You can provide things. And then the winter comes and now you're on your way to death. And... That's not any different than how the seasons operate. And maybe that's why in the fall we get a little nervous. It kind of reminds us of the impending doom that is the end of life. It will arrive. It always feels like fall now at 35. It feels like the fall all the time where it's like, man, spooky stuff is right around the corner. Stuff I've been avoiding for years is right around the corner. And I've got to deal with that at some point. But you don't deal with it because that's the part of the scary movie that you're supposed to... Scary movies are meant to make you face your fears and deal with them in a real way. Whether you're a character, whether you're the audience member, that's kind of what it's built on. But for me, I think the fall does that to us psychologically it reminds us of the end and halloween is kind of a celebration of the end the things we don't understand the things that go bump in the night as they say and that's why i kind of like you know when people go really spooky with the halloween costumes real demonic you know real monstery because you're starting to see what their fears look like when someone dresses up as a sexy cop or a sexy doctor when dudes try to you know be superman you're not showing me my your fears you're showing me your ego and i'm not really as much interested in that on halloween i can see that the rest of the year i can see it at comic-con but i really like when people dress up as things they're legitimately afraid of because you kind of get to know someone at that point you know, you kind of see what their internal fears are and where you relate to that. If I see someone just up as a fear of Sasquatch, you know, I'm like, oh, you're afraid of big animals coming to eat you at some point. I am too. You know, I'm afraid of a mysterious monster that can break me apart and I wouldn't be able to defend myself. I think it's kind of interesting. Maybe I'm the only one that wants to hear about people's fears. I don't know. But I think that's my favorite aspect of Halloween, where you do have the conversation of what are our fears and how do we deal with them? You know, it was interesting. I was watching some horror movies with some friends and we were talking about what are horror scenarios that would actually scare us. And I'm always scared of the ghosts and the demons. You know, that's always been my thing. Maybe it's because I grew up Catholic. I have a natural sensitivity to such things paranormal activity i saw my next girlfriend i wasn't i'm not a huge horror movie person I'll, I'll admit that i didn't become at least someone interested in horror until i became like what 
28, really. That's when I really locked it in. But during this time, Paranormal Activity had come out years ago. And she told me it was generally the scariest thing she's ever seen. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Ghost bullshit. Horror movies are dumb. I watched that one. It kept me up all fucking night. Um, because it, it, it attacked me in a place where I was my most vulnerable. And that's asleep. And for a brief moment, I wanted to record me sleeping to see if anything would happen. But I don't know if I'm ready to know if I'm being followed by demons. Because believe me, given the situations in my life, I probably am. But it was a spooky ass thing, you know. And it, it reaffirmed some things for me that, you know, demons are more than likely going to possess women because they're crazy. Um, Is that sexist to say? I don't think it is. Look at all the horror movies. Maybe horror movies are sexist. I don't know. But there is something to the old school of Eve biting the apple. You know what I mean? Maybe that's where they're getting it from. You know, that's why a lot of women get possessed in movies because... It's the go back to creation story or Garden of Eden. We're no longer drinking liquid death anymore. Because liquid death has not responded to our sponsorship. And it's very expensive to continue campaigning um, for liquid death. So we're drinking sparkling ice. A dollar a bottle. Check it at your local store. At the very least, the 7-Eleven will have it. But... I always find the demon stuff to be particularly spooky because that's a situation where you're dealing with something outside of your realm. Michael Myers, Jason, I always have a feeling of I could handle that if that situation got a little weary. You know, like I have confidence in my ability to fight. And I have my confidence in my ability to aim very well with a weapon. I don't believe necessarily a gun's always going to be helpful, though I'm pretty confident in my ability to use one. I tend would go with the axe if I could get one stick knife. I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm naturally gifted with a knife. That's why Michael Myers couldn't fuck me up because I'm ready for it. Like, you want to do it? I'm ready for it. But I think that's the stuff that gets me. The demonic stuff, the spooky shit. And it's also because maybe I've experienced some spooky shit in my life, you know? I don't know if you out there believe in ghosts or believe in the paranormal in that way where there's a heaven and there's a hell or we all end up somewhere after we die. But I do kind of believe that there might be something out there. I do based on my experiences. Now, I'm not saying these experiences are 100% legitimate. They're as I remember them and as I experience them. So take them with a grain of salt. Um I guess. I don't even know where that term comes from, but I will look it up one day. Actually, let's look up that term now. With a grain of salt, where does that come from? Origin. Punch it in. Okay, some believe that it originated in ancient times, specifically 77 AD. Goddamn. From Pliny the Elder. It's believed he used the phrase when translating an antidote for poison. Take saying take it with a grain of salt others believe the phrase made its way into the mainstream in the 20th century that's what they're giving me um so take the poison with a grain of salt maybe maybe but when i was a kid i i seen some shit you know what i mean 
I, I know I say, you know what I mean, a lot. So maybe that's like an ancient demon chant. Know what I mean? Maybe it's a demon that deeply wants to be under, understood and is kind of trying to work through me. But good luck, buddy. I have no intention of making you understood because I don't think anyone understands me. So I guess we're both fucked. Um, <laughs> but my mom had a friend whose house was very haunted. I remember as a kid hanging out there a lot. And there was some off vibes, bruh. There were some off vibes. I remember as a kid, we were in the car about to go somewhere. And there was an old man waving at me. And I was like, who's that old man waving at me from the window? I was like small. I had to be like five or six. And there, and there was no one in the house when we left. Her parents were away. And they were like, there's no one there. I'm like, there's an old man waving at me. And he's saying goodbye to me. Uh, they were bugged out by that but the thing is that was the first story in what we found out was an already haunted house there were situations where tvs would turn on and off radios would turn off on and off there would be this loud sound of crashing glass and um china but nothing would be found but you heard it and you knew you heard it but nothing absolutely nothing um there was a time where i slept over in that house and i felt like something pushed me off my bed and I am not someone who falls off the bed easily. Mm-mm. I can sleep on the edge and balance, which makes me a great skateboarder. Just saying. But I have never been pushed off. I haven't been fallen off a bed before, but I felt something physically push me. I felt the hands on my back, and it was in that haunted-ass house. But that house was always a bit odd. There was always something spooky going on there. A friend of theirs hung out one time was playing video games in the friend's room and then came back down and never came back to the house ever again. He didn't say what he saw, still hasn't said what he saw, you know? So maybe that house had toxins in it, you know? Maybe the boiler was screwed up or there was lead paint or chipping and shit and everyone got infected by it, but I don't think so. I think there was something to that house. My mom was having her her bra strap pulled and snapped onto her back. And she thought that was one of her friends, you know, being a dick. But there was no one behind her. And apparently, she wasn't the only one that experienced it. And it was in a specific part of the house in the kitchen. Dude, does shit happen in the kitchen? Maybe. Maybe. But to tell a further story of how weird this house was. The, the matriarch, the grandmother. Old, old lady. Been the fan... So old, totally chill, loved her. She always gave me candy and stuff. She was fantastic. On Christmas Day, Christmas Day, I tell you, she went up to the bathroom and then she, I guess she had finished using the bathroom. She just yelled out goodbye and died right then and there. She just died. It was almost the entity in the house was like, hey, it's time to go. I'm here to take you to the spirit realm on Christmas, on Christmas, the day of the Lord's birth. That's not fucking weird to anybody. It is fucking weird, man. I lived in a haunted apartment in Bushwick Projects, 811 Flushing Avenue, apartment 15D. I don't know. Here I am giving away someone's address. Can they live in a haunted house? And I guarantee I want to go back and ask those people, have you seen shit? Because there was some shit, bro. There was one night 
my now to give an idea of the layout of the apartment, my room faced the hallway. And the light was always on in the hallway. We always kept it on, or sometimes we kept it off. It depend. It depends on what time we went to bed. Sometimes we would just forget because we'd be so tired from the day. But one time, there was a man, or as I perceive it, well, hold on. Let me, actually, I have to really backtrack here. My apologies. I'm just remembering this from memory as a kid. There was a room with storage. Our friend Tammy was renting the apartment to us. And Tammy had all this stuff in storage. And I had the back room. My mom had the bedroom across in the bathroom. There was a living room and a door. You know what I mean? So when you walk in, there's a long hallway. There's a kitchen, living room. All right? Now imagine if you're listening to me, I have both my hands out. Right side is kitchen. Left side is uh, living room. Then you turn on the left. It's a long hallway with my mom's bedroom on the right, bathroom on the left, my room at the end of the hallway. In storage or a bedroom that could, that was made storage to the right. All right. Now, one night I happen to wake up because I hear some moaning, some groaning. And I'm thinking it's my mom. Maybe she's sick. Maybe she's not feeling well. It wasn't. I saw an old man clinging to life, resting up against the wall, holding his heart. With how fat I am, maybe I was seeing a glimpse of the future. But here was a man who was asking me to call for help. And me, you know, being me, not realizing there's probably certain things you shouldn't tell a ghost. I told him, hey, I can't help you. You're already dead. And he gave me a bit of a look like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, eh. and maybe that's why he appeared to me. He knew I was kind of a dick and he was thinking me like a scared as fucking kid. But I wasn't scared. I had the sixth sense. I knew what was going down. He needed me to get him to the next place. And you're probably thinking, is Ralph lying about this story? Because he mentioned he lied to us earlier. I didn't lie about this one. So I just remember as a kid just watching him. And he was there for a good bit. It wasn't like a quick astral projection. The guy was there for a good bit. And I'm just looking at him trying to, and I'm trying to say it out loud. I don't want to wake my mom up and scare the shit out of her. So I'm like, telling him like, or trying to convey to him dude I can't help you like you're gone you're already dead you're and then eventually you know he kind of he kind of accepted it and disappeared but he came out of that storage room now we heard someone might have died in that apartment afterwards not before so you can't say I imagined it I had heard this story I had never heard anyone died in that apartment until after we saw that and that was just one poltergeist we saw there. The other poltergeist I saw used to be in the bathroom was a lady in a white dress. And she would poke her head out and just look at me. It was a wedding dress, too, which I thought was a little fucking weird. Because I didn't think anyone got married in that apartment. It's a little too small for a wedding. But she used to pop out. And I would, you know, I couldn't really communicate with her because she was a bit more frightening. She didn't look frightening, but I didn't like the fact that she kept poking through the door. Why are you looking past the door? Stop poking and show me the rest of the dress. Because I, at the time, was a bit of a fashionista. My mom's 90s fashion could be chalked up to me. I was really good with the fabrics and the styles. You know, my mom would take me shopping with her and I'd pick out her whole wardrobe because I knew what looked good. You know, I was a guy who wanted his mom to look good. All right. Not so she can get men, even though, you know, men were interested. My mom was a hot mama, but 
I always made sure she was looking good. Because if she looked good, then I looked good. Because she always hooked me up with style. It was a give and take. We grew up like brother and sister. I couldn't let her go out there looking like crap. That's my mom's. Word out to my mom's. Her birthday's November 1st, always after Halloween. So she always gets a little bit of the Halloween experience on her birthday. So pre-happy birthday to my mom while we're here. But... You know, I saw some shit, man. I saw a ghost. Then there was other weird shit that would happen in the house. Like, my mom had these really beautiful... I guess they were perfumes. I I don't know what they were, but they were like these liquid things in brass instruments. It was a beautiful set of perfumes. Now, we had a a wall unit, or I used to call it as a... I used to call it war unit, because, you know, I'm an idiot in that way. But we had a wall unit, and we would always... Push them to the back because we were always afraid, you know, if if there's an earthquake or something, if they're in front, they'll hit the glass part and it'll shatter. You know, we didn't want that. But we always put them towards the back just to make sure they were totally fine. They wouldn't fall over or anything because we were never fully convinced that the war unit was pretty sturdy. But every time we did that, or every time we did that and we left and come back, they were now out in the front area. Right next to the glass where we did not leave them. Now, there was no slope on the wall unit. There was no slope. And we did this several times and it happened several times. And here's the shit. You would think I would never want to be alone in that apartment, but I would be alone in that apartment. My mom would go out and run errands. You want to stay home? Yeah, I'll stay home. And never saw anything during the day. Which was kind of annoying because during the day, I'm fully awake. I can take notes. You know, at night, you're kind of like, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't really dream much as a kid. I never really had dreams. You know, that sounds so dark. But when I sleep, I never really dreamt. So it wasn't like I was waking up to my dreams still being around. I'd be full on awake seeing some poltergeist shit. You're looking at me, you're looking at me weird, Bobby. All right, fuck you. All right, you don't believe me, Bobby? You're out. You're out. You're not a producer here anymore. Your job's to believe me whenever I say anything. Well, don't you look at me like that. I don't like that one bit. You're giving me a look. You never gave me that look before. Are you possessed by a demon, Bobby? Then we're going to find out today. Live exorcism on this one in darkness. Which wouldn't be a bad idea, actually. Maybe we should call the Vatican and see if they'll let us attend one. You know? We just have to protect ourselves with spells and incontentions? No. No, I know the word. I know the word. Incant. I. Incant. Incantations. Incantations. I knew the word. I fucking knew. I told I knew the word. I didn't know the word. Sometimes I'm stupid, but sometimes. It just takes a little bit. You got to reboot the system, clear the RAM, and then you get it. But, you know, there was another thing that happened. You know, there was a lady, a Caribbean lady, who used to be around um, Fat Albert. It was one of my favorite stores. It was a department store. It was called Fat Albert. Illegally. I don't think it was legally allowed to be called that. I don't think Bill Cosby owned it. Um, And if Bill Cosby did own it, that place would have a lot more stories than it does. But there was an old Caribbean lady who would sell dolls, you know, and they were 
beautiful looking, you know, African, you know, voodoo dolls, kind of. And they were dressed in nice dresses. They were cute, you know, dare I say. They were cute um, dolls. She would have them in all different colors, actually. It was, like, kind of fucking cool. You know, I think she made them herself, which made them even more cooler. So one time it's raining and no one's buying shit. My mom feels bad for her. And I guess she had seen my mom come and go and never buy a doll before. So on this rainy ass day, she's probably feeling some type of way. She pulls out a specific doll. And this doll was fucking freaky, dude. It had a red dress. And the, the skin on the doll was pure black. Like, kind of like the, uh, the, the, som- the, the, the Sambo caricature with the red lips and everything. It was a really fucking ugly doll. But she was insistent on my mom. Insistent, 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 whatever. She insisted on my mom buying that fucking doll, bro. She was fucking in it. So my mom buys the doll. She feels bad for her. She takes the doll home. She so she shows me the doll. I say that shit's fucking ugly as fuck. Keep it away from me. I cursed a lot as a kid. My mom would sometimes make me drink hot sauce, but then by the fourth time, she realized that's not gonna work. Just don't curse in front of your grandma, which I then proceed to do anyway. But <laughs> but my mom brought this doll home. And it was a fucking weird-ass doll. It sat in her room all the time. And it was just weird. My mom's room had a weird vibe at that point. So one day, my mom goes shopping. I forgot where I was. I don't know if I came back and saw this visually. But I know my mom did. So my mom puts the doll, I believe, on the dresser. It could, it could It was on the dresser. She leaves the doll there, goes and runs her errands. When she comes back, all the things in her dresser are all over her bed. And the doll is now sitting in the middle of the bed. Now, my mom does not make up stories. Don't you dare call my mom a fucking liar. My mom has never lied in her fucking life. She's a fucking saint. A goddamn saint. My mom would never lie about this shit. My mom has never lied to me. That's not doubt that's making me pause. She did lie about Santa Claus, but that's different. And the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. But that does... mm, Alright? She would never lie about demon spirits and shit. That's not her jam. We were old school Catholics. We We were the dream team. You know? She would never lie to me about demon spirits. Never. But she knew this doll was fucky at that point. And let's be honest. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, you fucking see all your shit thrown everywhere and that fucking doll's in the middle of your bed. Maybe one day I'll get her on this show to tell the story one day when we finally have her on. But it, it's fucking scary. So then she opens the doll, right, to go, something's not right about this. Because we've watched enough horror movies. We watched Candyman a few times. All right, we know all about this shit, you know? Maybe there's something up with the doll. So she opens the doll, and you know what she sees? Newspaper that was stuffed into the doll, but it's got paper, it's got things written on it. Words and symbols and shit. I'm fucking telling you, like she the way she describes it, it was like a holy shit moment. This is a fucking demon doll. And then she immediately threw that doll out and we never had problems in the house with that doll ever again 
But, like, what the fuck? You know? It's like, how do you explain that shit to people? Like, how do you tell people these things happen? No one really believes you. Everyone thinks you're full of shit. And everyone goes, you sure you didn't leave your stuff around and put the doll on the bed? No. My mom, my mom is really good with that shit. You know, now she's, you know, her 50s, you know, her memory, you know, here and there. But I think this is how it is because my memory is here and there now at 35. I think it's just stress from being awesome at work. That's the way I look at it. But my mom knew what she fucking did and she fucking knew how to handle it. My mom could have been Dr. Warren in the Conjuring movies. I think my mom still could. I think that's what my mom's second career should be. When she finally retires, she should spend her retirement hunting fucking demons. I'd be down for it. I'd document it. I'd be scared shitless the entire time. But she's the person who I think is the most holiest in my family. So I think I'll be okay if I'm hanging around her. Actually, you know, my brother John might be the holiest. I don't know. They're in a bit of a competition. My brother's pretty damn holy, though. He knows his Bible. He drops some scriptures down. Me, I was an altar server. So maybe that buys me some power. Maybe I had power at one time. And when I stopped, you know, altar serving, I lost the power. But I don't see shit anymore. I don't see ghosts or anything anymore. I get feelings. I definitely get weird, freaky vibes from weird places. But I don't see ghosts. I wish I could see ghosts. You know, when you get to my age, you want to see that shit. So it reaffirms to you that there is something out there and there is a mystery to be solved. And to be honest with you, I was never really a superstitious kid. You know, like I never like I I, I believed in God, but I kind of took it as, oh, this is something I do. And I've seen I had seen the power. You know, I knew what it did for me spiritually, I knew it did my family spiritually, but I wasn't necessarily, you know, 100% like, Jesus was a real fucking person. Like, I left out a little bit of a, a hope, or not really a hope, more of a margin of error that he wasn't, but to me, like, I was never a superstitious kid, so I don't know. I was always into UFOs more than anything. That was my jam. I wasn't really into spirits like that as a kid. I was into UFOs. I remember my mom... Now letting me watch a UFO documentary because I got trouble in school. And I cried for hours because it meant so much to me. Because to me, aliens were a tangible thing. I can see spaceships. I can see mysterious lights. I can kind of get in my head that the government might have alien bodies around. So that way it felt more tangible to me than the demons. Even though I had seen the ghosts with my own eyes and never really saw a UFO with my own eyes. You know? Maybe that says something about me that I don't even believe my own eyes sometimes. But I do believe my mom's story about that fucking doll, though. It's fucked up shit. Who lies about that? Not my mama. Maybe your mama lies. Yeah, that's right. I'm pre-attacking before anyone attacks my mom. Your mom's a goddamn liar. Where's your mom now? Huh, good question, right? Asshole. That's mean. I shouldn't, I shouldn't attack people's moms because I, in my anxiety, think people are attacking my mom. No one's attacking my mom, you know, so. Fair. Shouldn't have done that. But, you know, like, you, then you hear about other stories, like the Ammon's house, and I'm fucking, let me, I think I have it here. I wrote it down. It's like one of the weirdest stories I ever heard. 
the the two the two hundred demons house or demon house in Gary, Indiana. My friend Ray is from Gary, Indiana, and he told me about this house. Everybody knew about this house. Let me just read a brief synopsis of what happened up in that bitch. November eleventh, two thousand eleven. November eleventh. Actually, November two thousand eleven. I just read it as November eleventh because I'm really excited to see Black Panther. November, November 2011, Latoya Amons and her mother, Rosa Campbell, and her three children, 7, 9, 12, moved into a house located on 3860 Carolina Street, Gary, Indiana. Days after the family moved in, they claimed black flies swarmed the porch in December and kept returning even after the family believed they were killed. Campbell initially heard footsteps in the basement and a door creaking. Later, she alleged to have witnessed a shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room and found a boot print. Campbell claimed she was choked by an unknown force. Eamon's 12-year-old daughter was claimed to have levitated above her bed unconscious during a sleepover with a friend. They were said to have prayed until the girl returned to the bed. The daughter had no memory of the incident. The older son was allegedly thrown across the room by an unknown force. The younger son allegedly had his eyes rolled in the back of his head and was growling, it's time to die, I will kill you. Now, if I can interject, the floating of the bed thing doesn't sound that off to me because when I was in Clifton Place, what up, best I, there were some people under us who were practicing some weird shit, and one night, this is probably, and this is actually the first time I've had sleep paralysis, so take that with a grain of salt. Bam, see how we tie everything together on this show? I was in a sleep paralysis state and I felt my body levitate into the air and I it didn't return back to the ground until I started praying the Our Father and the Hail Mary, bro. And then eventually I felt like I returned to my bed. Now, I've had sleep paralysis many times in my life, but never that experience. I don't get the visuals of sleep paralysis. I just get the paralysis part. But that first time, I had that experience. So, I don't know. Not saying, you know, I fought a demon and won, but I fought a demon and won. Family reached out to their physician, Joffrey Oniyoku. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I pronounced that right. April On April 19th, 20, 2012. So, wait a minute. From November 2011 to April 2012, good for them. They're really holding out. When he visited the house during a supposed haunting, he noted their behavior was delusional. Someone from his office contacted police, and after police arrived, the children were taken to a hospital. The older boy was described as acting rationally, while the younger boy screamed and thrashed. The Department of Child Services was alerted to the family. The DSS believed that the children were performing for their mother. Sensational stories published in outlets such as the New York Daily News reported that DCS personnel had allegedly witnessed the youngest boy walking up the wall backwards. Now, I watched a documentary called Demon House. I think you should watch it on Halloween. It's an interesting one. This nurse swears up and down that's what she saw. Was the nurse in on it? Who knows? I don't think there's enough time to pay her on the slide and go, hey, DCS is coming. You know, make up this shit. They didn't know each other. And still to this day, she maintains that's what happened. Let me just make sure. Screaming thrash. All right. 37-year-old police captain Charles Austin, which is kind of a cool movie name, believed paranormal activity occurred in the house. A photo published by the Indianapolis Star claimed that a shadowy figure, to show a shadowy figure when no one was home. 
The family hired Father Ma- Father Michael Magnet. Magno? Magno? M-A-G-I-N-O-T. Magno? Magno? Is he French? Maybe. Magno. Let's call him Magno. To perform an exorcism. He interviewed the family on April 22nd, 2012 and concluded they were being tormented by demons. He eventually performed three exorcisms, two in English and one in Latin. Holy fuck, he had to pull out the Latin? You only pull out the Latin when it's serious business, bro. Let me tell you something. As a Catholic, we only pull out the Latin shit when it's serious business. And now, 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 not all Catholic churches have everyone say things in Latin. I know some churches do, which I always find a little bit weird. Like, where does everyone have the time to learn Latin? But... I will say, when you pull out the Latin, serious shit's going down. So I kinda, I'm kind of with this um, father, man. Father Mike. One exorcism was performed in Latoya Ammons. Oh, the mom. The Ammons family moved to Indianapolis in 2012, which after the events were have said to have stopped. You see what I'm talking about? They move and never have a problem ever again. But it's that house. What is it about environments? Do, 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 do walls carry memory, emotions, vibes, energy? Are the dumb crystal girls, like, for real? Like, are they telling some real shit on, on TikTok and Instagram? Because I normally don't believe them. I feel like when, when chicks get into witchcraft, it's because they've run out of things to have a personality on, and that's their new personality. And because they're most of the time, those people tend to be unattractive, not physically, just as people, they're unattractive. So they go into the crystal game because if you have crystals and you believe, well, all it takes is for me to get some spells done and maybe someone will love me for who I am. There's a bit more hope in just admitting you're not attractive and admitting you're not cool or people don't want to spend time with you because you're talking about crystals. That's the way I see our mayor believes in crystals. Eric Adams talks about wearing healing crystals and no one likes him, it seems. So I, I think it stands to reason that if you're into crystals and shit, no one likes you. And you should probably think about getting into something else, you know, maybe write poetry, you know, maybe something less annoying than having to tell me about your crystals. Now, a tarot card thing I'm half a half on. I had someone do a tarot card reading for me and I don't know how true any of that became, but it was nice because it felt good. It ended with something nice and I think I'll take any superstition thing if it ends nice for me. Oh, the skepticism section. Let's see. Ghost and horror. I want to get down to the, is there a real definitive answer? What happened to these kids? Huh. So a psychologist believes the children were acting deceptively in accordance to the mother's beliefs. All right. And the youngest son acted possessed that whenever he was challenged or was asked a question he did not want to wish to answer. Okay. Okay. Charles Reed, the landlord, said he had never experienced any supernatural events in the home. His prior tenants have claimed to never have such experiences. At the time, Ammons was behind on the lease and used the claim of paranormal, paranormal activities to avoid payments. The tenant who moved in after Amons had not noticed any paranormal events either. Believe Reed, the events were a hoax. Now we're talking, baby. Because now that's kind of weird. 
Was this family the only one experiencing it? Was this an elaborate scam? I love a good scam. But the thing is, you got the nurse saying the kid walked backwards on the wall. Is she in on a scam too? There's just too many people for the scam to be working. Do all these people care if she doesn't pay rent? That seems a little weird. I've never known anyone to care about whether someone pays their rent or not other than a landlord. I don't care if my friends pay their rent. I kind of don't care if they're homeless. It's not my problem. Is that wrong? I certainly won't let them into my home. I don't want anyone in my home, really. I've explained it to my girlfriend several times. Sorry for hitting the mic. I got some water on it. But I never want anyone in my home ever. Maybe they might bring demon spirits in with them. I don't know. This shit seems kind of half and half. But maybe this family was going through something. Maybe, you know, I want to give the benefit of the doubt. It's kind of boring if you just go with, well, they were doing a scam, even though it's an elaborate scam. And I like it. I like it. Those kids, if they were acting out or pretending, are probably Oscar Award winners. And they should be in the next Black Panther movie because it was a black family. So I say hire that Marvel. Find those kids and see if it's legit. And if it's no, not legit and they were acting, hire them because we got some Oscar Award winners in that family. And we do want to see more representation. I want to see people who pretend to be possessed by demons win Oscars because they're so good at pretending. That's what I would like to see. Am I wrong for that? No. I think I'm a good person for wanting people to have a second career in something else. But they also say, or at least see it's according to CNN, there are the top eight haunted spots in America. I love when CNN gets in on this. They realize, hey, politics is a horror show enough. Let's get into some spooky stuff. They had an article on the eight top places that are super haunted and why we feel they are haunted. Number eight, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, if you don't know the story of the Mothman, they break it down for you. West Virginia's Point Pleasant is synonymous with the story of the Mothman, an extraterrestrial creature sighted throughout town in the late 1960s and made famous by the book The Mothman Prophecies, which is a movie starring Richard Gere, who is awesome. The town boasts several landmarks, including the Mothman Museum, the Mothman Statue, which depicts the creature with a silvery humanoid, as a silvery humanoid with teeth barred. Offering easy time. Many people assume the experiences of the town have stopped. Not so. While he was while he was visiting, Buell, the guy who wrote the Mothman prophecies, had some really crazy experiences, including a brush with the Mothman that included an underground munitions bunker and a voice-activated tape recorder and a psychic. You want to talk about something via the X-Files? Here's Point Pleasant. Now, we had an episode in the Mothman that is part of the now hidden episodes that we are not able to have up currently but we will have it up soon enough where you can jump into the mothman mystery with us gillian's ranch trout lake washington gillian's ranch in trout lake is fairly new to it fairly new as a paranormal hotspot, at least measured against the decades and centuries plus history some of the other locations on our list owned and operated by J- james gillian which i want to meet 
whose resume includes minister, counselor, author, radio host. The ranch distinguishes itself in other ways. Buell said, oh, looks the article, the guy who wrote the article. Buell said he was guaranteed to experience activity on his first visit. Visit a rarely, a rare, a rare and rarely true. See, I don't like that. A rare and rarely true claim. Why not just say a rarely true claim? I don't think you have to double up on the rares. We got it from the first rare or the lone rare. This is when articles get overwritten, in my opinion. Gillian claimed he was being visited by aliens. Oh, is this Skinwalker Ranch? By aliens all the time, and they were supernatural beings on his property. So a friend, another paranormal aficionado, I love that word, took up claim and reported back. He's like, I swear to you, all night long we had experiences in this place. Every night something happened, Burel said. A big ball of light would appear and then split up into triangles and then regroup, circling and darting unnaturally, according to Buell's friend. Many people claim to have experienced contact with extraterrestrial life at the ranch, with anecdotes spread across the web. Okay. Now, the, 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 the orbs of light thing is interesting. Because... It, that all depends on how you view aliens or spirits, right? Like, orbs in the sky, I can see being like, you know, orb alien ships, maybe, you know? Now, spirit orbs are a little different. I know, like, a lot of the um, ghost hunter shits always rely on those. But having seen some orbs in my day, it's a little interesting. But I don't know how to judge them. I always feel like there's a trick of the eyes, you know? But when I have rubbed my eyes and saw orbs, I've tried to reproduce it, and then it's like, ow, bit my tongue. But it doesn't happen. See? The ghosts are telling me to bite your fucking tongue, bro. You know we're real. Stop fucking around. But the orbs, you know, I would sometimes see them when blinking my eyes. Maybe it's just the, the trick of my eye, you know, the, the... The liquid that's in your eye to make your eye lubricated, maybe it messes with you. So I'm never 100% sold on the orbs, but the alien orbs I'm in on. Because coordination of orbs, that's weird. That's weird. Lightning bugs don't have that kind of coordination. And I love lightning bugs. I want to point that out. They're one of my favorite bugs. But I still don't think you should wear them as a costume. That's not cute. It's also very expensive because you want to get the right LED lights. Charleston and Savannah make number six on the list. Older cities such as Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah, Georgia, remind tourists that they might be walking on bones. Savannah is literally built on its dead, Hawes said. I don't know who Hawes is. When they're going to put up buildings, they have to do tests, core samples, to see if they find any bones. Had to burp again, sorry. Robert Edgerly, Edgerly, Founder of the city's most popular walking ghost tour and author of Savannah Hauntings said that the 1790 Inn is one of his favorite local spots. First built in the 1800s and is proud of its paranormal history with an entire section of the website devoted to people's experiences. The Inn's most famous resident is Ann Powell, who reportedly fell from the window to her death. Though the event is clouded with rumor... I love when events are cloud and rumor because you can just make them whatever you want to make them, bro. That's what I like about it. You can go, why did she kill herself? What did she see? All we know, she's killed herself. And now everyone's got a story they can share if it's not true. Charleston is no less spooky. 
especially in Old City Jail, the Old City Jail, which is famous for prisoners kept locked behind bars, including Lavina Fisher, often thought as America's first female mass murderer. We're doing an episode on her because to me, that's amazing feminism that there was a first female mass murderer. And that's something we should celebrate more. I think that's the true test of diversity, right? To me, if you want things to be equal, and I, and I always said this about um, Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner being a transgender woman and Republican is very important because it shows that, you know what, it's legitimate. You have to have both sides of the coin. If a certain particular group is only one political um, faction, I feel like there's something level of cult there. But knowing that there are transgender Republicans, there are gay Republicans, that kind of makes sense to me now. Because now you go, oh, wow, there is a diversity of thought. That this is a real human experience. Not that I don't mean to use the word real, but you know what I mean. Just something that's a bit more authentic. Oh, no. there are. I know plenty of gay conservatives, which are... Those are odd conversations, if I'm being 100% honest with you. But I love them no less because they're my boys, and I love them very much. But it's interesting, you know, to say the least. And I think we should also celebrate our villains a little bit. You know, why do white guys like Charles Manson, Jim Jones, you know, get to hog up all the documentaries? Jeffrey Dahmer, I want to see about a documentary about the first woman mass murderer. Am I wrong for that? No, I believe in diversity of content, and I want to see a documentary on the first female mass murderer. This is probably a great story there, an uplifting story, you know? She's the first female known one. And if we could just get rid of the word female, that'd be nice. We just call the first woman mass murderer, because female is so gross and scientific. But first woman mass murderer, that has to mean something in history. Just my opinion. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The town of Gettysburg is number five, by the way. The town of Gettysburg has its share of haunted history. No wonder. Approximately 7,000 people died. Holy fuck. Both Union and Confederate soldiers during the Battle of Gettysburg at the hardest Civil War. About another 3,500 3, uh, 3, died in weeks and months following the battle. Buell, founder of the... Oh, see, this is why you read the articles in order. But to me, I wanted to have a countdown kind of feel. So I went from bottom up. Buell, founder of the Paranormal Research Society and host of a &E's Paranormal State. Remembers getting shot there. What? Except he never was. Oh, I like that. We were, we were taking a ghost tour of Gettysburg National Military Park. And suddenly I was having trouble breathing. I was wheezing and having... I was wheezing and, of course, having trouble breathing, and the pain got worse. Sure, you're not having a heart attack? Buell went to the hospital, and doctors ran some tests. Long story short, suddenly they come back, and they tear off my shirt, and they said something like, where's the exit wound? Buell said, there is no exit wound. There is no exit wound. No exit wound ever appeared on his body. Ghost shots. Now ghosts are shooting people with ghost guns. And mind you, we all thought ghost guns were 3D printed guns that motherfuckers were using to cast out, cast, you know, mass murders. But now ghosts are actually shooting motherfuckers. When are we going to pass, you know, gun restriction laws on ghosts? This man was shot by a ghost. Are we not going to stand up for his rights? Where's his justice 
And where's the NRA stand on ghost guns? And I'm talking paranormal ghost guns, like in Gaysburg, Pennsylvania. This is going to be a tough midterms. Number four, St. Augustine Lighthouse and Museum and Museum in Florida. First christened as the lighthouse in 1824. The 1800s always scare me. The St. Augustine Lighthouse long lost a long battle with the shoreline before collapsing to a storm in the 1880s. Luckily, its successor had already been completed in 1874. Well, weren't they forward thinking? The lighthouse is now the St. Augustine's oldest structure. A state, a status that has, can you tell I can't read out loud? I never wanted to do this in school. A status that has given it plenty of time to attract visitors. What's more, Keeper's house was added to the grounds in 1876, and people lived and worked in the lighthouse for decades until 1955. The unexpected was at play at the lighthouse when investigator Jason Hawes and his team visited. They believed they would disprove the reports of activity, finding just local sounds and things of that nature. And we actually caught some of the Holy Grail, what appeared to be people leaning over the rails, showing up on thermal, showing up in, on infrared when there's no one else there. Founder of the Atlantic Paranormal Society and one of the stars that produces it, the long-running Ghost Hunters. Okay. Okay. See, this is the problem. I want to believe this, but I have no pictures. I wasn't there, but they're ghost experts. What do I know? Number three, the Willie House Museum, San Diego, California. One of the Steigers, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, most memorable visits is right, is right on the tourist map, and, it was, and it, still packs, it still packs a metaphysical punch. Brad Steiger says, and that's the Whaley House in old San Diego. The California house has a long history, like its home state. The house has been many things at different times, and its origins date back to the 1800s, again, and including several hangings. Oh, shit. It just kept growing. It started as the judge. Oh, it started as the judge, his home. Then it became a courthouse and his home. Then it became a theater and his home. Then there were hangings that took place in the backyard eventually... That, and eventually that was the hanging area where people were hanged and became part of the house. While investigating, Sherry said she captured psychic phenomena on film, a picture of a noose coming right down in the room. I had no inkling anything would develop, and lo and behold, there were so many pictures. She would have what should have been a photo of one of the beds instead revealed a ghostly figure just waking up. I have to see, I, see the picture's not here, so I can't even show it to the audience, Bob, you know, like, this is what I'm talking about, you know what I mean, and also, listen, I feel, you ever watched that movie, um, Nothing But Trouble, with Dan Aykroyd, and he's a judge, and he has his own house, and like, he, it's also a courthouse as well, as, as also his house, I feel like if a judge lives in the court, he's a fucking weird dude, he likes having the power of God, he likes letting people know, you know, what it is, all right, I'm the one in charge here. I'm the one that's handling that business. So I'm playing God in my own home, not just with my family, but with people's lives and the crimes they commit. But if you are hanging people in your backyard for those crimes, being judge, jury, and executioner, that's probably a hard job, you know? And I feel like if you play that role, the people you hang will haunt you back because they can't get you in life, but they're going to catch you on the slide, though. 
Maybe he deserved to be haunted all those years for being such a dick. But then again, we don't know what the crimes were. So I don't want to accuse this guy of kind of being an unfair judge. But if you got ghost hauntings with nooses, sounds like you did something wrong. Thomas House, Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee. With a history dating back to the 1800s, the Thomas House in Red Boiling Springs began as the Cloyd Hotel. Indeed, one of the ghosts still said to roam from the bed and breakfast, Sarah Cloyd. Oh, visitors trade reports of reports of possible deaths on the property, which may fuel activity. Ooh. The hotel was featured in Paranormal State on A&E. See, this is a whole big thing for A&E. And that's it? And that's number two? All right. Maybe they did this wrong. Maybe they number eight's actually number one, and we're just getting to the worst ones. Number one on this list, which started at one down to eight, Hollywood Roosevelt, California. Located on Hollywood's Walk of Fame across from the Grauman's Chinese Theater, the Hollywood Roosevelt has a glamorous history. Marilyn Monroe was the hotel's most famous resident, it turns out, and she might still be there. Paranormal authors and investigators, Steigers, were filming in the hotel with several productions. Sherry was explaining the history of the hotel's famous mirror, in front of which many visitors have had psychic experiences. As we, as we were standing there, a gentleman jumped back like he'd been shoved, and he said, who do you think you are? Well, that stopped production, and we had to find out. I asked the man, what happened? Well, this blonde lady came running like she owns the hotel and pushed me to a side. Apparently, it's 1800 at night to stay there. On the off chance, you might see Marilyn Monroe's ghost. Which would be kind of cool. I mean, I would like to ask her how she feels about the new movie that came out about her. You know, is she into the movie Blonde? Did Anna de Amas do her any justice? And I don't mean to say Anna de Amas or anything like that, but I just like the way her voice sounds, to be honest. She has a lovely voice. Blade Runner 2049 is all the better because Anna de Amas is in there and very soothing. Her voice could put me to sleep. But that's what Halloween's all about. Ghost stories, weird places to visit, haunted haunted mansions, haunted houses, haunted amusement parks, if you're really into it. You know, so I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy these things. You know, I like to think about what if it could be real? You know, and what would I do in those situations? I don't think I'd be a good ghostbuster. I think. I think I got a shot. I think I could be a good ghostbuster. You know, I got the jokes. I definitely got the Dan Aykroyd weight. And I know a little bit about science. I know as much as Bill Murray knows in that movie. He has a PhD, but he seems a little flimsy on the science. Just my opinion. But hey, you know, I hope you share these stories with some friends. I hope you visit these places. And if you do visit them, hit me up on the Twitters. We will now have an official socials graphic on one of the corners of the screen. I don't know where I'm going to put it yet. So I'm going to point at both sides or both corners and you can hit us up at those socials. But if you are listening audioly, or if you are listening to the audio, T-W-E-I-D show on Twitter, this will end in darkness on Instagram. Check it out. If you visit these places, tell us about it. If you have some ghost stories, send them in. We'll do an after hours episode. We'll do a, a part two talking about ghost stories and stuff. But I hope you have a lovely Halloween. I hope your parties are dope. I hope the kids get all the candy they want. And I hope everyone 
just has a flashlight in case things get dark. Because I think we all know how this one is going to end.